You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 99 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for season four of the Overwatch League. I'm your host, Ramses. We're back on the weekly schedule. We've got the new logo. We have proper numbering once again. We're finally back on that train. Yeah. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, my podcast co-host, and the birthday boy himself, Mr. Lobosco. Lobo, how are you feeling today? Uh no different than I did yesterday, but apparently I'm 31. I don't know if I look 31. I don't really feel like I'm 31, but I don't know how you're supposed to feel at 31. But that's the age I am. So here we are, another year older and another year of Overwatch. So I guess that's good. <laughs> that's the good part, at least, right? <laughs> I mean, we take those. I mean, we keep going. You just wake up and all of a sudden you're a different age. Yeah. I don't. So we. We're back with Overwatch League regular season play. We're super stoked to talk about it. Uh, to give you guys a little bit of context for what's going to go on, uh, each week we're going to have two highlight stories that we're going to focus on at the very top of the show. And we are we're going to hear a brief reading, kind of just a breakdown of the news from good friends that we have. I think Blaze and Bob is going to be the main guy for that. We're stoked to have him on. And we'll go over those news stories at the beginning. Then we'll go into some more news into a recap of the week's games and then into a preview of what's coming up next week. Yeah. A new way for us to go about thing. Ramsey's I'm, I'm excited for it. It's, it's um, a little more production value. So that's the cool part about it for sure. And before I forget, follow us on Twitter at pushpoint pod and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice and join us on Sundays where we are streaming us live recording the show and playing some overwatch. If you want to watch Labosco and I encounter the, some of the finest that the online overwatch competitive community has to offer. Uh, you can catch us on, on the twitch.tv slash mash those buttons channel at 7 PM Pacific time. Yeah. Uh, the finest of individuals. Let me tell the you finest. I mean, I think we ended even. We won one we, loss, yeah, one, we, but we won one in one. You know, whatever. We, we're both playing tank. Maybe that's why uh, it happens. But we're gonna get into our first story of the evening. Uh, we're gonna take a little trip over to Dallas Fuel Land, where it's been a really, really a busy week that we get to talk about. News broke early on Tuesday that Dallas Fuel's star hitscan player Exy would be retiring from competitive play due to health concerns. In a statement from his personal Twitter, Exe revealed that neck and shoulder injuries he had suffered over the past few years have gotten worse. He wrote that while he could play in matches, he'd be incurring substantial pain and he wouldn't be able to fully participate in scrims, personal practice, and other team activities. In order to give the fuel ample time to find a new DPS player, he opted to retire now instead of mid-season. Exy will be returning to Korea to fully focus on his recovery with the hope of returning to the Overwatch League at a future time. In the meantime, the few now have to figure out how to play around a new hole at Hitscan DPS. Week 1 matchups against the Outlaws and the Gladiators now look much more intimidating. 
Many wondered how the team's play would change after losing such an important player. Game 1 against the Outlaws saw Sparkle and Doha stick to shorter range hitscan heroes like Sombra and Tracer, with occasional swaps to Echo and Reaper. Both players performed well despite circumstances. Sparkle kept up with Dante and Happy's Tracer play, and Doha swung several fights on both Reaper and Echo. However, when Happy switched to McCree, the fueled DPS couldn't consistently pressure him and he was usually free to deal mid and long range damage. Even though they lost the game, the fuel looked pretty good. They looked even better during a win over the LA Gladiators the following day. Doha flexed a little bit on Soldier 76, but the fuel by and large stuck to their short range DPS comps. Despite concerns about how he would fare against elite-level Tracer players, Sparkle has looked great on Tracer. For now, Dallas is stuck playing somewhat unorthodox compositions, but still look to be one of the league's better teams. Even better, org owner Hastro indicated on Twitter that the team is working on bringing in a new hitscan player in the near future. So as we mentioned, Exe, uh, no longer with the team, uh, he posted a statement earlier this week. Uh, the Fuel put out a statement as well that he would be retiring uh, kind of to preserve his health and to really pursue like 100% time getting treatment. Uh, I've heard we know that it's severe neck, possibly back pain. I've heard people throw around the word scoliosis, although mm, I don't know. Hope not. That is something that is like for him, I think, to say rather than like people in the community to kind of guess. Because stuff like that is no joke at all. But uh, Dallas is all of a sudden without their primary long long range hit scan player, a guy who was an MVP candidate last year. And stuff changes a lot. But I think we were all really surprised to see how well Dallas did, despite the circumstances in both of their games. They did extremely well. I, I think when you look at especially how things ended up shaking out after this first week. It's actually really impressive what Dallas was able to do without having a hit scan player, right? Like you go one and one and the one team you lost to is the only team really from the West who looked super good mm. and, and like was two and zero at the end of the week. One of the only two, there was another team, obviously, but I'm just saying for the team, the team that they played. So we talked about this a little bit with uh, Dallas, even before XE was gone, that we were thinking there might be some issues with what comps they had available to play because of the unique hero pools they have for Sparkle and Doha. And that actually, at least in my opinion, turned out to be less of a weakness as far as more of a competitive strategy. We saw a little bit of the Sparkle Doomfist. We saw a lot of the som of the Doha Sombra. Doha busted out the Soldier 76 at one point. Uh, credit to uh, Rap. Credit to Sparkle as well. Sparkle's tracer looked really good this weekend, too. Especially when you consider the two tracers that he kind of had to go against this week. Um, that's very high level players that, that he is playing at or above the level that they were playing at. So I think you give Sparkle a very good, um, a good amount of kudos for this, how he played this week, because he, he definitely was a big reason why Dallas looked so good this week. And he kind of had to because there's a lot of slack that needed to be picked up by both him and Doa with the fact that you were missing a large portion of what you maybe wanted to run. Like mm -hmm. you, you want a hit scan player right now. Like we're seeing that 
if you whether it's you look at APAC, whether you look at NA, there are a lot of maps that are in the pool that you're going to be playing where you, you almost need hit scan players, right? If you think about um I'm just uh thinking of the map the that that we saw a lot. Why why can't I think of the name of the map? It's the one that's in Cuba. Why why can't I think of the name of the Havana? Havana. It's not in Cuba. It's Havana whatever. Havana. Um Havana, oh, Havana. is Yes. So Havana is a map where Havana's in Cuba, you're right. Oh, I was right. Yeah. I don't know why I doubted myself. Don't doubt yourself. That's that's the key, right? Um Havana though, a map where you almost need a hit scan <laughs> player, right? You know, like like maps like that, stuff like that, it, it's almost um it's almost necessary. So there there was um going to be some maps that were more difficult than others for them to play on, but they were able to make it work regardless. And you look at that, I think with the with what they had to deal with, they still played really well. We saw some weaknesses, or not weaknesses, I guess maybe just some uncomfortability uh, with the rest of the team. I know people, you and I had questions about the support duo. Why are we still doing the Rappel plays every other map dance that just seems to follow him from Houston now to Dallas, uh, especially when you have Fielder. But I'm really interested to see what, else we get from this Dallas team as they get more and more time to keep working. And from what we've heard from Hastro, there is a new hit scan option coming soon. But in the meantime, you're kind of stuck. Who do you go for? Because you got you have to get somebody with a visa, it seems like, if you want them to play anytime soon. What sucks is there's a player that I want to say, and I think you know who I want to say. But of course, what, what you get to say it, though, whether or not it'll actually happen is probably not likely. But Dia would be the ideal choice for me because, like, this is somebody who's played with Fearless. This is somebody who, as far as a hit scan player is concerned, is one of the best that we we have left. That's in con- that not that he's really in contenders, but was in contenders who would be worth grabbing. He was like the guy to me that that deserved to be picked up this off season and never really seemed to to have gotten a fair shake. So he he is to me the guy that I would have loved to have seen. Dallas go after, but I don't think that's going to happen. I I don't really know who it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know how hard it is going from like Asia to the U.S. compared to U.S. to Asia. It might be a little bit easier. So you might have a little bit easier of time of getting one of those guys over. So Mm -hmm. I, I believe that there might still be the possibility that there's a Korean player that makes that jump. I just don't know who it's going to be. Well, looking as well at players making jumps, uh, Philadelphia Fusion has seen a lot of action with their rosters lately, and we're going to go into that with our next story. Last week, the Fusion announced that all four of their Western players, EQO, Funny Astro, Poco, and Shockwave, would be delayed in joining the rest of the team in South Korea for the 2021 season. Philly made it clear that they were committed to bringing these players into the fold as soon as possible, but that they would be making additions to the roster in the meantime. Fans were stunned when the Fusion announced that they were adding former off-take Hotba to the roster as well as Overwatch League legend Toby at main support. These pickups would allow the team to play comfortably from Korea until the full squad could be reunited. Fans were incredibly excited to see both players reappear on an OWL roster, particularly Toby, who has been a fan favorite since his lunatic high days. Still, 
there was speculation that the team might be a little slow coming out of the gate as the new additions took time to adapt. This didn't turn out to be true at all as the Fusion easily defeated both Soul Dynasty and the LA Valiant. The team didn't appear to have lost a step, handily winning both matches. Even with two new starting players, the Fusion seemed to be right on track to leading the charge in the APAC division. Time will tell whether this holds up against the rest of the division. So, Lobo, I think when we were talking last week, I came in with the assumption like, man, it might take a little bit for Philadelphia to really hit their, hit their stride to really like go strong. And no, they, they right out of the gate, they have been good <laughs> so far with this new with these two new additions in Hoppa and Toby. I don't I don't know how much of a step you can really say they've lost. It's funny because you'd almost feel like maybe they should lose something because you had funny Astro who was one of the best supports in the league. I think he was ranked third overall based on the IBM Watts and stuff that we've been seeing come out from the Overwatch League, which is sort of like an aggregate of how good these guys are. And then um, Hotba, Hotba is a player who who ha- very aggressive and, and has played with Philly before, but but is, you know, had his ups and downs but looked pretty darn good with uh, the way that this fusion roster was constructed. So I thought Philadelphia looked pretty darn good. I thought Alarm was absolutely insane. I think that he is the the best player in, as far as a flex support next to only one guy in Violet who actually probably had a worse week than, than uh, Alarm did this week. So that's one mm-hmm. of the impressive things uh, with Alarm this week too is he was maybe the, one of the best flex supports we saw play this weekend as far as their performance is concerned. So Philly rascal too, by the way, rascal playing whatever you needed him to play. Absolutely fantastic. I I really liked how everyone ended up playing for fusion this week. And Mm -hmm. it shows that it's worth like keeping them around. Even when you get the guys overseas that you're kind of waiting for, once you get them onto the team, I mean, you're at the top. Sure. You haven't played, you know, you haven't played everybody yet, but Philly looked pretty good. Yeah, they looked really strong. And you can, granted, they haven't played against the cream of the crop in APAC, which we will talk about in a little bit, because that has looked, so far, that looks totally different than what we expected. But Seoul, they trounced three to one. Like, that was a solid win. And they crushed the Valiant. Like, they are performing as expected, if not a little bit better, I would say. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, it's still early though, too. So it's like, it's so hard to, to, to really be like, yeah, yeah. They they were just that much better. Um, they're just out in front. I think it's a better way to put it. I know it's only week one of the season, but I am letting my expectations run wild and run rampant because it, it's a pretty, a lot of stuff happened this weekend. Uh, two more, two more stories to go over really quick and then we'll get into the actual games. Uh, number one, the league announced that we do have three live events scheduled to take place in China that are going to be hosted by the Hangzhou spark, the Shanghai dragons and the Guangzhou charge. So the spark are host it's individual tournament weekends. So the spark will be hosting the June joust, which is Lobosco's favorite tournament name. And then the dragons are hosting the summer showdown and the charge are hosting the countdown cup. Uh, they're going to be reduced venue capacity and it's pretty much all teams that from what it looks like 
it's going to be just the five Chinese teams. Uh, the three Korean teams are not going to be traveling. That's odd. I mean, especially for those tournaments. Or the three Korea-based teams, because it's New York, Fusion, and Dynasty will not be traveling. Right. So then, like, do you have, like, one team playing on stage and then, like, Yes, like the other That's exactly what you're thinking. The other team is like not there and that you just see like their pictures or something on the other side on the stage like uh, it's going to be so weird, but like it'll, I get it right like you're mm-hmm. they're kind of you're a lot of countries are allowing travel within their countries, but outside of course, right? Not really happening. So understandable still weird though, right? Like it's still kind of goofy a little bit, but I'll take this is the cl- like I think is the closest we're going to get to live events for probably this season. So I am yeah. I'm stoked about it. And then one more story really quick. Uh, Kevster, the LA Gladiators made it clear that Kevster will not be. Well, no, that he's not currently with the team. Uh, he has his visa. He's all set to go um, just due to the current travel ban. I think what I don't know whether it's his country or with the US. He's not in the country right now. But he still played this whole weekend. I thought on Friday that meant that he definitely wasn't playing, but he still was. Yeah. He played in both games. And he played all right uh, for, for a guy playing on ping. Yeah, he played pretty well. Uh, my favorite was um, the video. I don't know if it was Sparkle or if it was. I think it was Sparkle throwing the grab. At, um, no, it was Sparkle throwing a grab versus he. What am I, what am I saying? Sparkle throwing a um, a pulse bomb on Ilios well and not hitting anybody with it. And then people in the chat be like, oh my gosh, he nailed Kevster with that pulse bomb. Like, oh my God. So they have a cute little avatar for him that uh, Limitless actually did, if I remember correctly. And it's really cool. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was really good. So he'll be there with the team soon. I think people immediately want to compare this to how stuff happened with soon. Uh, because soon from what we heard, there was visa issues, but like there isn't an issue with him playing across um, the world and playing with the team. So from what the, I don't know if rumors from what I've been, I've seen on social media and I can't give a good source because I just don't remember. I'm sorry. And so take this with a huge grain of salt. There is no actual, Oh, it's yes guy. I think there is no like hard set. Like you can't, you have to be an NA to play with the team. You have to be there. There's no hard set rule for that. That seems to be more of a of a craft organization thing specifically where they want to have everybody on visas and with them. Yeah, from from uh, I think it was like an unnamed source or something that Yeska had or somebody like I think it was Yeska. But they what basically what it was actually this might actually have been from Boston themselves that it's there's certain rules and certain things that they have to abide to based on how like the craft group runs things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why they couldn't do that with soon. Like they were kind of handcuffed in that situation because it sounds like yeah. they kind of wanted to do what what they're doing with um, the gladiators, but they were not really given the option to do so is the way that it seems, which kind of sucks mm-hmm. for Boston, because like I think soon would have been really good for that team. Obviously, we haven't seen them play yet, but still like as far as the way that the roster was constructed soon on that team makes a lot more sense than him not being on the team. So I, I do feel for Boston in that sort of respects, hearing that that it was kind of out of their control that that ended up happening. Yeah. We'll see. We haven't seen Boston actually play yet. Yeah. We'll get to see them step into the server next week, but we have some really fun games to go over. This was an awesome first weekend of the season. I think it was a lot better than maybe a lot of people expected too, especially if we look at like the way that the season starts it's a three to two banger in the battle for Texas. 
And mm. the way that it goes, a lot of people were very happy because Houston beats the Dallas Fuel three to two. You in particular were very Ooh. happy. I, I call so I called it quote unquote. I just said I had a hunch and we had no idea about the XE thing. Well, but it, like here here's the bigger thing too, is like the, the the notion that I talked about a week ago where people were like, man, Dallas doesn't have that much time together thing. And like whatever dumb narrative that was like, that was clearly not the reason why Dallas lost. Right. Like mm. Dallas looked really good. They looked like a team that um, was just missing a player. That's kind of what it felt like. Like, like you could see how talented Dallas is as a team with how close the game was against Houston. It wasn't like, you know, it was three like dominating maps from Houston and then two that Dallas is able to eke out. It was, it was, there's me. I think the 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 only map where where Houston looked really dominant was the control map, and then from there on, it was a super good series. Well, and Houston is still Houston. We saw them kind of. I don't want to say throw away Volskaya, but they were defending final point with six ults and still managed to lose the point. So I mean, I think they were attacking with it, weren't they? Wasn't it an attack? I can't remember. One of those. Yeah. Houston looked really good. Um. I think going really quick through Dante stole Dante and looks great. Happy was incredible this weekend. All weekend, yeah. And we'll talk about that again in the second game. Uh, Juby and Crimzo both looked really solid. Uh, and I, Juby, I think there'll be more to talk about as the season goes on. But I think for Houston, besides Happy, you like the big things to talk about are Jongu and Piggy. Uh, Piggy, I think, has had more of like the the story around him, I guess, over this off season. And he played pretty well. Um, there are some bits where I think he got maybe a little bit over aggressive or was trying to chase down people. Right. They, he, there's still the grab that comes to mind. Yeah, there's the grab. He still looked really good. There's a clip off the send you later of where he's throwing that. He's throwing that rock at um, Doha from across Havana and it lines up perfectly with the hall. And he hits like this mid, he hits a midair and it's awesome. Um, and then, but Jongu looked really great this entire weekend uh, on the monkey and on the Reinhardt specifically. Uh, he mm-hmm. looked super, super good, much better than I thought he would. Yeah, Jongu, I think, was the story as far as those two. Like, not that Piggy played bad or anything, but I think Jongu was like a little bit more of the standout between the two. I think Piggy had a couple of mistakes here and there that, that you know, maybe cost a map or or cost a fight here and there. That that made things a little bit harder on Houston at times, but he was still really good. Like you said, the mm-hmm. accretion rock, and he he made a lot of other really good plays too. But it it was um it was definitely Jangu I think who stole the show as far as the two tanks are concerned. And and I think Crimzo was a guy who played really well too, especially in the Dallas Fuel game. Like Crimzo had a couple of like key opening pickoffs on like Zenyatta that, yeah. that made differences at certain times on maps. I thought that that Crimzo showed um, that he is a, he deserves the opportunity that he's getting with Houston and that he is going to be a flex support that people should be talking about. Looking at the L.A. Gladiators San Francisco shock game, we expected this to be a little bit more of a knockdown drag out brawl. Uh, and it was good. Like, so I think this is this is something you and I talked about last week. We're like you can't doubt San Francisco until they give us reason to do so. Mm -hmm. Like San Francisco looked dominant. Uh, Glad's won a map off of it. I think they won the first map, but again, like, so quick note, San Francisco is running like a DPS core of, I think striker and Nero is what you're normally running. And then stuff flips out based on, I think uh, Glister comes in on the tracer and the widow sometimes. Excuse me. Um, 
we saw Tayo today, although he didn't really do much. And not that he was bad. He just wasn't like crazy, crazy. Uh, the big story I think out of San Francisco was with uh, they put Violet on the McCree for Dorado. And I also, I don't remember what the other map was. Uh, for, was it Gibraltar against Gladiators? I think it was Gibraltar. I, I can't remember maps. Like that, that's, that's one that I can't Violet remember. showed up on McCree twice though. Okay. And like, no, it was it was Gibraltar, yeah, because they were in the hangar. But like, which was f- it was really fun the first time because like, man, Violet is so good that he's out here just like wrecking people on the McCree. But then you're also when you get to the Houston game, you're like, okay, so how much of this is? So this is a strategy thing. What is like? I- I'm interested to know what the strategy is behind the Violet McCree. I don't know if it's. I think it's because you think Violet might be the best player in the league. I think is part of it. So you want your best player on the most important hero on that specific map. Like you don't, you want him to be the aggressive player that he is. And then you can bring twilight into, and I think it's mostly Anna specific maps too, right? Yeah. So twilight is probably your best Anna. Now you don't have architect anymore. Right. So I think that that's part of why you do something like that. I, I think that maybe that's overcomplicating things a little bit. I don't know. I mean, it worked out in the first game, right? It works against yeah. the gladiators. They look really good. They win three one, which is what I predicted. So I got that one right. And and I they, they it felt like a little bit of a statement game. It's like okay, everybody's talking about this gladiators team, but like hey, we're still the champs. That's what it mm. felt like in that first game. Quick note about the glads and uh, Howler, who's in the chat, and I have talked about this. At some point, and that point needs to come soon, the D-Pay shenanigans need to stop. Honestly, just ru- I've gotten to the point, just throw Bird Ring Kefster in there and be done. Like, it's... I don't understand why we are still running the mirror on Zarya look when I don't believe he's looked that... Gr- I, don't, I don't feel like he's that much better than Space. That's just my personal judgment. Do we really think that Moth is that much worse of a Brigitte than Skewed is? Why is Moth, the guy who like was your key, your flagship signing, who's supposed to be like your team runner out there? Why is Moth not out there on the break? Like, there's so many of these D- these D pay coaching decisions that I'm just I'm mystified by. Why are we still running calls like this? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of baffling to me too. But that's sort of what we've been seeing. So I, I don't quite understand it either. But <laughs> I. I guess it's like they that's what they feel is going to work best for their that their team, right? Like like that's mm. what they believe. So it it's hard to say for sure if this is going to be a permanent thing too. Like who knows when they get Kevster over there, do they change things around as well? Maybe they feel more comfortable having Kevster out there more often. Maybe Mirror just fits into the 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 DPS well, that you want him to play. Kevster was know. out there. I think every single map yeah. is it's the bird ring. Who's not bird rings. The one who's not out there. Yeah. That that's confusing to me too, because I, I still think that bird ring is one of the best players in the league. As far as DPS is concerned. Mm-hmm. Going over to APAC, Shanghai dragons, three Oh win over the Guangzhou charge. Guangzhou look good in a lot of sp- uh, starts. Excuse me. Guangzhou looks good in a lot of this, but it's just not enough to take over the wins. Uh, Choice A1 and Kaylee both looked really good at certain points. 
you saw choice I want kind of flying up there and keep like keeping pace with Fleta. But Guangzhou is just not there yet, I think. At this point, Shanghai is still Shanghai. What did did you get to watch any of Fate's performance on main tank? I thought Fate played pretty good. I, I thought Fate fit in really well with Shanghai. I didn't um it didn't feel like there was that like a huge drop off from having fearless not having fearless. I think there was some, but like fate was able to make some really good plays and it feels like they, they feel more comfortable with fate kind of being able to play whatever they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think you, you feel the same way about, they felt the same way about fearless, which is why you saw stand one get in there every now and then, depending on what, what uh tank you needed, especially if there was anything like Arisa or anything like that needed. So from that perspective, it seemed like they were, they worked really well with fate. Looking at, well, so that game happens. We move into, quick note, I just, I was interested. Sorry, I'm just, my brain's going at three different things. Guangzhou, to my knowledge, mostly ran Jihun on the main tank, not a lot of Rio, which is interesting. But if they feel more comfortable with Jihun, they're good for them. Uh, LA Valiant lose one to three to the Chengdu Hunters. You get to see two out of three of your faves, my friend. You get to see Silver Three. You get to see Gaga. But it looks like Monk has come in to be like the main flex support over Farway 1987. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that. I really think that 1987 is an extremely good player. So I was a little surprised that it was only Monk. But I, I, I guess you can't argue with the results, right? Like they won and they won. Per, I, th- mm-hmm. They had a little bit of trouble in the, the Valiant game. Uh, they, they didn't seem to be playing up to their potential. But I think one thing for sure is Gaga. Gaga looked really good in that. Gaga game. was awesome. Also, I j- just to go back really quickly, I'm pretty sure Rio played like almost the entire time. Did I just see the first? Okay, I thought I saw Jihun play at least the first map. It, he might have played the first map, but that was it. Like it was mostly Rio. I think for both games, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know how to get out of the like pick 'em thing for. for for this to go look no you're right i'm seeing rio for a couple different maps yeah i'm pretty sure it was it was almost rio the entire time and rio i don't know the guangzhou thing was was a little weird because like they kind of looked like they were able to stay in it with shanghai and then they just weren't able to ever win a map i don't know there was a lot of weird stuff choice Sewan played really well though for guangzhou but but this game against the valiant and Chengdu, like we got to see like Chengdu sort of I mean, they still had Wrecking Ball, but Wrecking Ball feels very playable in a lot of situations. And Gaga's just that damn good of a Wrecking Ball where it's like, okay, like you can put him on there and and it's you're not going to worry. But he's also got a really good Winston, which I think we saw a little bit of, too. I think the biggest surprise here was Los Angeles winning a map. Yeah. And I wasn't able to catch too much of that. Uh, it is funny because when you when you talk about their later game, they were interviewing Gaga. And I think today was I think there was a quote about like where they asked him, like, so like what made the difference? Like, so what what made the difference for you today? It's like, oh, we played up to our full potential. It's like, well, when do you what happens when you don't play up to your full potential? It's like yesterday's game. So it's yeah, that feels about right. I mean, if you think about the game yesterday or or the, mm-hmm. the Ellie Valiant game, I mean, they they. It was not an easy win for them. They had to no. fight for it. 
Side note, like Valiant looked decent in a couple spots. Molan Ron, we actually saw I thought I saw Molan Ron on the kill feed more than Crystal, but maybe that's just my selective viewing. Like Molan Ran definitely played a, a very good tracer. Um, was definitely a difference maker for them. Like the the map they do win, like Molan Ran and Crystal are actually a big part of why they win. I think Silver 3 had a couple of moments where he looked pretty good as well. Um I, I thought that there was actually a little bit of promise to some of the players on the Valiant. I think that we didn't give those players enough credit uh, because they, they were able to hold their own at certain points. I mean, sure, they, they still have a bad weekend, but they, they weren't what people um, thought that they might end up being as far as how bad. Going into the next game, Seoul Dynasty versus Philadelphia Fusion. Philly wins this 3-1. We talked about it with our opening with one of our opening stories. They look really good. Uh, I think more to talk about Soul. For one, uh, it looks like Gesture is your main, is your same main tank. Two you is the off is gonna be, I guess, at least this week, two you was the off tank you saw every single game. Uh how we feeling about two you so far as as Marvel stands in this house. I mean, I'm still a Marvel stand. I, I didn't um Oh yeah, Shou Chang was kind of nasty too. That's true, Howler. Shou Chang played really well in the the, the off tank. Uh, th- talking about the the Valiant, uh, I was um, I was I wouldn't say I'm surprised to see that from Seoul. Uh, I thought uh, you know what was funny was ZP and and Doa both said his name different. ZP said to you, and then Toyo is what what Doa said. And they're paired together, and I'm like, wait, which one is it? That was that was in the games that happened this morning. Um, but it's in, so good to have Doa back, by the way. Yeah, I, enjoy, I love hearing him. It, it was their, their broadcasting style is very interesting because it kind of felt like they were kind of doing a hybrid thing. They weren't like I I didn't know who was play by play and who was color. Uh, it, it was kind of hard to to know. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which th- that's just me as the broadcaster speaking. But in this game specifically for Philadelphia and Seoul. Um. It, yeah, to you seemed fine. Like like, Seoul, Philly just came out of the gates pretty strong. This this was a, a pretty impressive game from them against Seoul. Mm-hmm. They look good. Going back to NA, Toronto defiant three one over the Vancouver Titans. Toronto, I think again is a team that is going to spend most of the season growing. Uh, I might be a little. I might have been a little bit too high on them in my power rankings, but they look pretty good. Uh. Hisu looks solid. I think my favorite was the memes of um, Sato uh, once again just chugging that big old liter of Coke every in between every single match. Um, Listen, the man but, likes what he likes, and he played pretty well. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Sato is making a name for himself a little bit, it feels like. I, I thought that he he had a pretty good game against Vancouver. Toronto, Toronto overall, I, I thought Hisu was somebody who looked pretty impressive. Uh, Sato Chug. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a BTT emote or not, and I don't know if BTT emotes are enabled on the matchless buttons uh, Twitch, but if not, that's something we totally need to make happen. But anyway, yes, the <laughs> the Defiant, I thought here, looked pretty good against Vancouver. Vancouver Vancouver feels like a team that's got to figure some things out. Um, I thought that yeah. there were some f- nice flashes of some guys, like Linkser looked pretty good at times. I thought fried wiener looked pretty good. Yeah. And it's weird to say that as I just said it, but like, uh, it, it feels like he's sort of like a vocal leader on that team a little bit too, at least from like 
you see him talking a lot at the very least. They fought at least. It wasn't like a complete steamroll yeah. in either of the games that they played. Uh, Toronto, I think as well. We're we're learning that Lastro is probably going to be the main guy at flex support. Uh, Asset came in for a map. Uh, also, Beast came in for their middle map, which is the one map they lost to, to uh, Vancouver. They got full held on not full held. Sorry, they they only got one point on Gibraltar. So it's that's where you see Beast come in. Logics plays that one map. I actually thought we were going to see more Logics this series. Yeah, but, yeah, me too. Especially like Tracer seems to be kind of an important hero. So like you would almost feel like Logics would be your choice, but not the case. Moving on to the next game, uh, Atlanta Rain loses one to three to Florida Mayhem. Florida kind of had two different showings, at least to me, it felt like, where in this game, they just looked cracked out of their mind. The Yaki looks great. BQB looks great. Gargoyle looks great. At the same time, At- Atlanta didn't really do it felt like Atlanta wasn't playing up to full potential. I know there was already memes about like, why isn't KSP in put the British guy in at DPS? He's really good. So like Atlanta seemed a little, eh. um, it also doesn't, <laughs> I love the narrative that we're starting to see this, the, the, uh, what's it called? The aftershocks of people getting mad about scrimbucks being wrong. Cause they were like, I heard that Atlanta was super good at rush comp. Why is Atlanta not winning in this rush comp against Florida? So I don't know. Atlanta is still it's I don't even I wonder where Atlanta goes this season and this is one game it's a very quick judgment but like Atlanta did not look as good as people kind of I think were hyping up Atlanta be feeling like Atlanta of years prior right now where you're like oh they look good on one map there against Florida and then the rest of it like they were kind of in it on a couple of the maps but Florida felt like the better team right like Yaki especially in that game in particular I thought played exceptionally well and was a difference maker. Florida just seemed to sort of have the number of, of Atlanta in that one and, and just play so, so well as a unit too. Like, like you, you felt like this is a team that's going to be near the top of the league when you were watching Flana versus Flana, Flana. I just combined Flana. Florida and Atlanta, Florida literally they were, they were a team that's going to be at the top with how they played against Atlanta. So it, it, it definitely was one of those things where it's like, Okay, Florida, this is what we want to see. Continue with this trend. How are we feeling about OG so far? Uh, I thought he was fine. I think he looks very good when he gets to play Winston. The The way Florida was playing was definitely very interesting as far as how they were playing as a team, um, especially in, in the, the game against Vancouver side show sort of talked about it a lot. Uh, they were kind of, they were trying to create crossfires a lot and sort of split their team up almost three and three at different times and like sort of um, collapse onto a team very methodically. So we'll see if that's a trend that continues with them or if they can show us another, like an up-tempo version of themselves too, which they kind of did a little bit against Vancouver on the maps that, that you kind of wanted to play more of a divey composition. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see how they can evolve with uh, the different style of compositions that you need to be able to play currently in the league. So Florida. I I definitely felt very good uh, about how they came out after this first week. So tell me about this Dallas versus Gladiators game, because I think people assume this was going to be like a pretty solid role, not role, I guess, but like that Gladiators were going to handily win this, like that this was going to be a pretty strong Gladiators win. And Dallas looked great. Dallas looked really good. Um, People were memeing that uh, here's Dallas playing double hit scan with Tracer Soldier, but Dallas looked good. 
it seemed like after the nerves kind of settled after Friday's match, they looked a lot more disciplined, a lot more like committed. They look, and then I feel like we're going to get the narrative already of, Oh no, the LA gladiators scrim bucks bubble bubble is popping. We overrated gladiators for the fourth year in a row. But like, if you're LA, this, this feels rough. I think, I think this is a a tough first week, but I, I don't know how much, I don't think you should put much stock into it because if there's a team that's changed a lot, like if there's a team we should have been talking about how, um, man, they haven't had a lot of time together. This is the team, right? This is the team. I think I said this last week as well about the gladiators, but now we're, now we're really seeing that sort of come to fruition where it's like, well, one, you have Kevster still not here, but two, you have like a lot of players sort of playing together for for the first time together, like skewed and shoe have never played really together at, as a duo. And then you're throwing moth there as well. Um, use in space. That's a new combination for your tanks. And then bird ring just playing with other DPS players. And this is, you know, I don't want to pound the table about it, but like, man, imagine if they had rascal to pair with bird ring for like every single oh, map, man, how things might've imagined, imagine how things might've looked, you know, maybe it would have been a little bit less rough of a start for them, but, uh, there's going to be growing pains. And unfortunately for the, the gladiators, I think in this first week, they drew very two tough teams that they had to play. They had to play the defending champions who are still the team to beat, even with how this weekend went. And you have the Dallas feel, which is a team that was a playoff team last year based on the players that they were able to pull in from a team from Paris. And now that they've maybe gotten stronger than they were last year. So I think for for this game, this was a good sort of bounce back for the Dallas field. You kind of first game's always tough, especially when you're playing against a, a roster that's maybe better than people are giving it credit for in Houston. And and now you get to go against a team that people are talking about more than you to sort of stole the spotlight from the Dallas Fuel a little bit in this L.A. Gladiators team. So maybe there was a little bit of chip on the shoulder there, too, for these guys. Rounding out APAC, we're going to go over the two standard games before we get into the Shanghai Chengdu game. Guangzhou fall 0-3 to the Seoul Dynasty. Seoul looking a little bit better. Profit pogs out of his mind. Philadelphia 3-0 over the L.A. Valiant. Uh, they look strong in there. Not much to be said. Chengdu Hunters 3-0 win over the Shanghai Dragons. And if you haven't watched this game, it's this isn't like as this is not as tight as you think it is. Like Chengdu manhandled Shanghai for the majority of this match. This was a game that felt like Chengdu. I don't know. Chengdu always seems to beat Shanghai at the beginning of the year, too. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, and then Shanghai is like, oh, we're we're a really good team. What are we doing? <laughs> but but um this was different than how they they like won in years past like this didn't feel like um like parlor tricks were being used right like they they were they were playing the same compositions we were seeing shanghai run right it wasn't like oh they're they're playing some wacky composition that people don't spend a lot of time practicing no they were matching up with what shanghai was doing and doing yeah. some of it better like specifically gaga and ball just domination right like like they could have yeah. a tough time for shanghai dealing with Chengdu's wrecking ball and gaga like that was one of the things too and, and like iziaki when he's free to be iziaki is an incredible player right like we saw a bit of iziaki and him playing and he played pretty well at points for shanghai but it still wasn't enough like it, it wasn't complete domination from Chengdu, but there was a couple of points where they were dominant against a team who's expected to be the best in in apath when you even saw, I, I thought about you when they 
through DM into the server, but you even saw like for Eichenwald, I'm pretty sure was the map where they throw in, all right, like crap, we're getting like leave was all over the place. Like just just like clean a house for Chengdu. And then when they bring on DM, cause I think they expect like the Farah on Eichenwald, they br- Chengdu brings in Jimmy and Jimmy has a great map. And like, and DM like well, can't, the the one yeah. thing there that I want to say, Gibraltar, that, not Eichenwald. I apologize. Well, regard the, the map doesn't really matter. But the one thing I noticed with that was like I saw a DM a couple times, maybe in positions where he shouldn't have been. But more than that, I felt like there was a lot more pressure on DM than there ever was on Jimmy. I thought that that mm. was one of the things that that they did really well by Chengdu is pressuring the DPS of Shanghai. And really not giving them a lot of space for opportunities, because when we would see DM get some space, get some time, you know, doesn't have to worry about getting just constantly harassed. DM popped off a couple of times, but it, it still wasn't enough. So the, the, there's um, I, I think that's a good eye opener for a team like Shanghai early on. The biggest thing is, is like the, the teams that are good, these early losses you take in stride. And then you turn whatever happened in that game into something that you can learn from. Like, that's the biggest thing for for both of the teams that we expected to be at the top, which we'll talk about that other team later. But how do you adjust from here? And that's what I think both of these teams are going to be really good at. And what I'm I'm more looking forward to more than just like, oh, man, Chengdu was able to do this at the beginning. Can Chengdu do it again? That's the question we've got to be asking now, because dang, that was cool. That was awesome. And a, it was a fun game. Like for a 3-0, it was a fun game. So I, I really liked that. And and quickly, we, we didn't talk about the Seoul and, and the Guangzhou charge game, but Seoul felt like a little bit of a bounce back there. And the charge, I they they didn't play as well as the, the first game. And they've got to they figure some things out at the very least. Mm-hmm. I, I feel a little bad for Krong because I thought Krong still had a pretty decent weekend uh, regardless of that. I'm going to have to you I want someone to make a meme of just like when the herbal life hits and then it's just someone getting rocked with like <laughs> it's just like Kronk getting rocked with the with a rock. Oh, no. Um going into the next going into the Saturday the Sunday games, excuse me. Um uh, and we'll talk about Houston San Francisco last. Uh Mayhem 3-1 over Vancouver Titans. Uh did not make it to map 5. So uh no no breadsticks for everybody in the Vancouver Pizza Hut area. <laughs> um, apparently, there was a there was a Pizza Hut promo, or if not Pizza Hut somewhere else, that was like if for every time that Vancouver goes to Map Five, that you get free breadsticks added onto your order if you use the thing. Uh, that didn't happen. Florida look decent. Um, from what I've seen, they look good, but like not. It wasn't as strong as they looked against Atlanta. It, uh, it yeah, yeah. They they didn't um. It didn't seem like they played a good game, uh, even though they won. Like, I felt like it could have been a 3-0 from them. Uh, it felt like they let off the gas a little bit in this one. But good teams find a way to win when they're not playing well. And that's still what Florida did. So I, I still give them credit for that. I, I wanted that game to go fast because the, the, the game before that was so long of a game. So I was like, come on, like I got pizza and other stuff to eat after this, like go fast. And then they took forever on like the last two maps. I was like, guys, please, please. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there's a there's a very methodical style that like Florida seems to sort of be favoring. And this game, we saw it a little bit more. Uh, the biggest thing will be how how are they going to. Are they going to continue to play that way or or how does their style evolve as the season progresses? 
looking at Atlanta three, Atlanta falls three two to the Toronto Defiant. Toronto wins. Toronto again just quietly picking up steam. I think this is a team that's really big about like you're building the fundamentals. You're just making a solid, quiet, strong team. Atlanta again, people are on the scrimbucks trade of like Atlanta told us they were good and it's not happening. Ah, like Kai played the entire game. Uh, Pelican again. Pelican looks pretty good so far. I don't think. I really think this is going to come down to like, and it's it's so early. I know I'm like spitballing here, but I think it's coaching difference again. Like a roster this good should not be falling. Like this, sh- Atlanta should be beating Toronto. <laughs> I think the biggest thing here, when when you think about how this goes, is um, maybe Toronto's a little bit better than we gave them credit for. Um, I think Ansoon Jay has played the entire time, right? Like almost all yeah. the entire no, time. I think Ostak came in, I think, for one map. It was the the beast map. But it, it was on they did double flex. Well, that one on soon. Jay to me has looked pretty good for Toronto. Yeah. Like, I think that's somebody who's been Michelle. Let's talk about Michelle for a second, because Michelle is a man on a mission. It feels like a little bit because I thought that him on the, the off tank played pretty darn good for Toronto both days and uh, is proving maybe trying to prove a point here that he, he didn't get as good of a shake here as far as the DPS. I think Naist and Hisu both played pretty well the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Hisu uh, in particular impressed me a little bit more than I thought and and was one that that made stood out a little bit more than anybody else, um, especially on the first day when they played against Vancouver. I thought he had a really good game on that one. So I, I think Toronto, it's more of, okay, wh- where's your ceiling? Because Maybe it's a little bit higher than people were giving it credit for. And then Atlanta, like it's week one. The the don't don't sound the alarms yet, but is there a little bit of room to be concerned? Maybe. Maybe you start to have a little bit of concern and a little bit of doubt because week one didn't go very well where you feel like they should have won one, if not both games. If you're an Atlanta well, fan. Not not that they should have, but like that's how people they sh- feel. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna end our week our week recap with I think maybe the greatest moment of my Overwatch viewing career. Uh, the Houston Outlaws beat the San Francisco Shock three to two, banger of a game. Six map, Incre- like six map banger. Uh, Houston gets out to a two zero lead, and then well, no, they get out to a one map lead. Tie Blizzard World or draw Blizzard World, full hold on Dorado. I think lose Temple of Anubis. Yep. And then lose Oasis pretty hard. Lose Oasis and then full hold on Havana. So quick talking about this. This series was great. We did get to see pretty much everybody on both teams almost like hydration coming on the Doomfist for Lee. Like Lee Jang Tower is the is hydration's map. Like 100%. You're going to see the Doomfist on there. You're going to see his He looks really good. Um, We've talked about the other guys before. Happy was incredible this whole series. Happy was a monster. Um, I know you and I have talked before. I've had I had worries and concerns that like Happy was gonna be like Linkser, like fresh with just a fresh coat of paint, where like he'd be really good sometimes and then he wouldn't really he'd fall off in other spaces. He has looked incredible on him Hanzo, on the McCree. 
pretty much everything outside of the tracer and even then he still looked really good in the tracer that the the thing i think for this game in particular the most impressive parts were uh jangu really outplaying whether it was super or smurf a lot of the not yeah. every time but but having a really good game over those two guys and uh, I, I like how al salvador by the way redeemed for the hydrate and i've got like no water left and, and you're talking I'll about hydration water. right as that happened um yeah i'm out of water now i drank the last little bit that was in there but but, but like the the one thing i'm noticing and this is, has been a problem for forever for um for san francisco specifically is like control center maps seem to be like their achilles heel a little bit and it definitely yeah. like like they did not have a good Lijiang tower um that's something that they've got to address this year i mean 69 percent was their their percentage last year which is still pretty nice but you, you still want to be a little bit better than that when you're the best team in the world i thought that that one of the biggest things here was the, like there was a clear plan from houston that Violet yeah. was a guy that they were going to make. They weren't going to lose to Violet. That felt like a large part of what was the plan from Houston, because especially when he was playing the Baptiste, they had a very large focus on not allowing him to to play with the freedom he normally does. And and I think it is important to remember that FD God is going to have to adjust to playing with San Francisco and, and San Francisco is going to have to adjust to playing with FD God. Not that FD God's a bad player, but he is a player, the different play style, different play style that you're going to have to get used to. And it's not like a massive different play style, right? Like we've seen, we've seen moth be an uber aggressive player a lot of the times, but moth is, is an extremely, you know, cerebral player and, and is more different sort of role that he sort of had when he was, when he would be in the games for, san francisco so the, the styles might have some similarities but they also have differences too and and they're adjusting to the, all their new dps as well i think that the biggest thing for me is i don't ever want to see striker on the bench for san francisco at this point just keep him in every map every single map i think he is the best dps player he might be the best dps player in the world don't take him out please keep him in you want to do listen you want to do the violet thing on dps Throw him next to Stryker. I want to see that if you're going to do that sort well, of stuff. You, you saw Dorado was kind of the most emblematic map of this series. Houston full holds on point one. Violet McCree, and they, again, they shut Violet down hard on McCree. Like, he happy had his number. And then Jake, I didn't think we were going to see Jake at least for like another month of play. I thought Jake wasn't coming back in for a while. Jake comes in at the Brigitte. My man has been grinding it in comp. You saw he was just knocking him down. Um, my favorite part was people just kept leaking this tweet when he retired. Yeah. Like, and that's the last Brigitte I'll ever have to play as a pro player. <laughs> like, from last year or two years ago. He's, they knock him down there. But I think this whole thing comes down to Houston gets full health on point one of Havana. And as... I'm here thinking like, okay, like it's over. Like Houston fought well, like, but it's it's over. Like it's done. And then it almost was over too. Like it was close. Well, so credit that needs to be due. They were great at dealing with Nero's May. They knew ex Dante knew exactly where like, all right, so he's coming from this angle. We're going to angle ourselves this way so we don't have to deal with him or we can isolate somebody else. You saw Choi got isolated a lot. They were poor super, dude. Poor super was getting rocked and frozen and shattered. Like 
the moment of that match is where I think it's on Li Zhang, where he gets he he gets rocked right as Zhang Yu shatters and there's like a symmetrical wall and you just see him on the player ca- player cam just like what like yelling <laughs> like he oh so here's Blizzard the- World. You go. You go. I was gonna say, here's the thing with losses like this for San Francisco early on in the season, they scare me. Because it's like, okay, now San Francisco's mad. What happens now? Like, what do they do? Right? Like, like they don't coast at the beginning of the season. What? What? Like, they don't have a chance to get fat on their laurels. You know, like they they don't have any of that. What? What happens now? It's scary so- to think about. Houston get full health point one of Havana. It is almost over. I've I had assumed it was done. And then literally they're holding there at that first curve, that second curve. Jongu walks around the May wall and hits him with, I think, one of the most obvious and like easy to like you knew it was coming, like side shatters in Overwatch I've ever seen. And like it was hype. I was I am still on cloud nine about it. Houston. And with the games Houston have next week, Houston, there's a very high chance Houston might be our number one NAC. Yeah, I, I think that that should be their um, they, they now have expectations on them, Houston, right? They don't have you beat the best team in the league. You know, the team that everybody talks about, you beat them week one and you beat them in a pretty good game. You you, you aren't you're not hiding from anybody now, right? Like like the optics are going to change after this one week. So you either are going to be able to now be ready for better punches from teams because they're going to take you a little bit more seriously or uh, things could be bad. But I think that they'll be able to handle it all right. Um, I I definitely think that that Houston is a team that, uh, you know, I definitely didn't give them as much credit as I should have. And I think you give a lot of credit to both Django and Peggy because that makes a big difference. And I, I think Juby quietly played pretty well you know he's not like he'll he'll have some really good plays but he's you know he's not like the super aggressive fd god or something like that that we've seen from other mm. teams well let's get into next week's games really quick as we start rounding out the show friday is going to start at noon with paris eternal versus vancouver titans and then la gladiators versus london spitfire gladiators you have to imagine are just going to come out as hard as they can because they need to read I think you need to win back that confidence uh Saturday is going to be APAC starts sorry Saturday morning starts with Chengdu Hunters versus New York Excelsior first time I get to see New York uh Philadelphia Fusion versus the Hangzhou Spark which is their first game of the season two your encore game at 9 a.m 9 30 a.m is going to be Chengdu versus New York and then Saturday at noon Houston Outlaws versus Paris Eternal, Boston Uprising versus LA Gladiators, uh, Washington Justice versus Dallas Fuel. That Washington versus Fuel game, I'm really excited about. That might be my game of the weekend Mm -hmm. as far as what I'm most interested in seeing. Uh, You got to know if it's Boston versus Gladiators, who is the one team that is consistently beating the Glads every single time? Like, oh man. Even when Boston is like, not doing so hot. Going in, we have, and then Sunday morning at 2 a.m., Hangzhou Spark versus New York Excelsior, Chengdu Hunters versus Philly Fusion. That'll be a great game. I'm excited to see those two score up. That could determine Encore. the first seed. I think so. 
uh, Hangzhou versus New York is going to be your encore game. And then Sunday rounds out with Houston versus London Spitfire, Boston Uprising versus Dallas Fuel, Vancouver Titans versus Washington Justice. So if you're Houston, you are being gifted probably two of what many people consider the lower ranked teams on a silver platter. Like you need to win both these games. This is your number one spot to lose. Right. These are the games where Houston now needs to control. Like this is where you control your own destiny, right? You took care of things on on the hard week. Now you have a little bit easier of a weekend. Do what you're supposed to do. I I think um, the, the games that I'm most interested, people are very high on New York. So I'm really curious to see Chengdu versus New York. Uh, I'm also curious to see what we have in the Spark. So both Spark games intrigue me, especially too, because again, people are very high on New York. I'm really curious to see what they end up being as a team, at least in this first week. And then I think Chengdu and Philly is is the game this week that I will be most interested in watching and watching closely. Me too. And we'll be able to cover it all on episode 100. We're officially centenarians wow. of Push the Point, which we'll have to do something special. I see. I thought it was funny because like we spent last week being like, yeah, like we'll have to do something special of LA Valiant win a game. Like there's a good shot. Valiant wins a game. They have they have opportunities to do so um, more so than maybe people thought. I don't know. I, I still don't know if they will, um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> We we'll figure it out eventually. the 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 biggest thing to me is they've got uh, they 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 have a few players who are playing a lot better than people realized. I think is the nice thing, and and that's that's very um very nice to see for sure. Yes, sir. Well, as we wrap up, we want to remind you that the best thing you can do to help the show out is to give it a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you prefer to use. Uh, we always read every review out in the show whenever we get a new one. Plus, it's a great way to know what you guys like, what you don't like. Constructive criticism is always cool. Most people, I think our most recent ones are from Priest who use it to complain about how bad <laughs> I am at ranked, which you can also watch happen before the show twitch.tv slash mash those buttons seven around seven o'clock p.m pacific time on sundays before we record the show yeah it was a lot of fun doing this for the first time this week so i'm excited to do it again next week and really quick oh go ahead i was gonna say really quick thanks to everybody who's in chat i'm waving to you i can't see you right now but thanks to everybody who's hanging out in chat tonight we appreciate you yeah we we definitely do and if you want to join us when we do game nights or anything like that and you want to yell at ramses you can go to discord.me slash mash those buttons, join the discord, get the overwatch role. There's also a bunch of other games and a lot of good podcasts, which uh, the the discord will keep you up to date on. So you can hear about those actually right after the show, too. So stick around to hear about some of the other awesome podcasts that are on the mash those buttons network that you can see right there in the top corner. You know, that's our network. It's pretty awesome. That's what we're on. So you should know that patreon.com slash smash those buttons where you can don't you can actually support the network directly monetarily little as a dollar a month. You get access to Patreon exclusive content. I know we're thinking up some things in the works, but there's always extra spicy, which is really great, which is uh, dropping spicy. Our sister podcast over for Apex Legends. They do some really good stuff there and some funny things that Ramsey's and I have been part of. So definitely check it out for that. A bunch of other stuff, too, that the network does that you'll get the behind the scenes of. There's a lot of really cool stuff. So please, please, please be sure to check that out. Also, don't forget that uh, Twitter is where you can find out all of our stuff at Pushpoint POD. 
where you can do that. Tweet at us, uh, polls, whatever else we're, we're going to be doing on there. Or, you know, long form emails, fine too. Push the point at gmail.com where you can do that. Yes, sir. If you want to follow Labosco specifically, he has a really easy Twitter handle to remember. At Labosco. That's it. L-O-B-O-S-C-L. I've been on Twitter too damn long. Send the boy your birthday wishes. Thank you. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW for all my random Twitter things and musings. Thank you guys so much for being here for episode 99 of Push the Point for our first proper ever guest, our first proper episode of Overwatch League Season 4. We're stoked to be back and we're stoked that you guys are along on the ride with us. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 